In the beginning of this week's Pasha, we have the story that after the Malachim come back to Yaakov, and they say to him that of your brother, is coming towards you with 400 men, Yaakov Avinu divides his camp into two groups, and the Pasuk says, and this is where the Sikha starts, Vayoyimer Yaakov says, if Esav will come to one camp and strike it down, the other camp will be saved, will be able to escape, will be saved. Rashi, in a second Dibra Maschil, on the words, quotes those words and says, against his will, against Esav's will, because I'm going to fight him. Then Rashi goes on and says, Yaakov is preparing for three things, as we'll see later in the Sicha. The fact that Rashi needs to explain anything in this Pasuk at all, because it seems to be quite simple, that by dividing everyone into two groups, even if Esav should attack one of the groups, the other group will be able to escape. The Mepharshim explained, because the difficulty in this Pasuk was the word Vahoya. Vahoya hamachana initial of later sounds that Yaakov is certain, he's guaranteed, that the second camp will be able to be saved. And the question is, even if we do divide everyone into two groups, it's still not certain that the second group will be able to be saved. It's only giving more of a chance that the second group will be able to escape, will be rescued. And in accordance to this, there should have been an expression rather than vahoya, something that indicates the idea that perhaps they will be saved. And this is what Rashi says, that no, vahoya actually means al against Esav's will, the second group will definitely be saved. In fact, the Eben Ezra and other Mepharshim want to say that vahoya means perhaps they will be saved. But according to Rashi, no, they will definitely be saved. And why is that? Because I'm going to fight him. I'm not going to allow Esav to be able to take over the second group. The Rebbe says, however, this Pirush is not understood. Because number one, why is the fact that Yaakov is going to fight Esav going to guarantee that the second group will be able to be saved? Even if the idea is that basically, while Yaakov is fighting with Esav for the first group, the second group could manage to save themselves and run away, it's still not an absolute guarantee that they will be saved. It's only the ones that divide into two groups and Yaakov is fighting Esau that's giving him a better chance that the second group will be able to be saved. Another thing we need to understand is what is this emphasis of al against his will? Why is this relevant that it's going to be against the will of Esau? Seemingly all that's relevant is that through the fact that Yaakov is going to be fighting him, this will give the second group a chance, or they're definitely going to be able to be saved. Now that Amban explains that what, he, what why Yaakov is so certain is because he was sure that not all of his children, it's not possible that all of his children would fall in to the hands of Esav. And therefore he's sure that one of the groups are going to have to be saved at least. The Rebbe says it's difficult to say that this is the Pshat that Rashi is saying, because then why Yaakov is certain is, is because of another reason, because he's sure that not all of his children would be eradicated, not because he's going to fight Esau. Rashi seems to be emphasizing and explaining that, that why am I sure it's going to be because I'm going to fight him. The Rebbe says, Seemingly, we'll be able to answer these two questions one by the other. In other words, the two questions of why he's so certain and why we're saying Al-Karchoy. And perhaps the Rebbe is saying, suggesting over here, the Rebbe is saying this is a doichik to say, but perhaps we'll be able to say that Yaakov Avinu is in fact not certain. And Al-Karchoy doesn't mean against Esav's will, I'm for sure, going to save them, but rather the Al-Karchoy is referring to the fact that I'm going to fight him. 
The Al-Karcha is indicating how am I going to deal with him against his will. I'm going to fight Esav. The problem with this, however, is in addition to the fact that Al-Karcha does seem to be saying that it's, I'm absolutely certain this is what's going to happen. Against his will, I'm going to, I'm going to get him. However, the question is, if the main point of here is that I am going to fight him, where is the proof in the Pasuk and Pshut Mikra that I'm going to fight him? In other words, like this, just to clarify. And the Rebbe says, if I say that Rashi's meaning in his Pirish is that I am definitely going to save this group, and that's proven from the words Vahoyo, which says clearly in the Pasuk, so then when Rashi says I'm going to fight him, that's only Rashi's explanation. Why am I so certain? Because I'm going to fight him. But if we just said that, no, the Pasuk is not saying that he's certainly going to win. And the words Balkarche is just the way I'm going to deal with him. The way I'm going to deal with him is against his will. I'm going to fight him. And that's basically Rashi's Chiddush over here. It's not based on the words of Vahoya that are certain in the Pasuk. It's just saying that Yaakov is saying Balkarche, the way I'm going to deal with him is in a way against his will. I'm going to fight him. For this, seemingly, there's no proof in the Pasuk. Where's the proof in the Pasuk that I'm going to fight him? And that that's the way I'm going to save them. All it says in the Pasuk is they're going to be saved. The Rebbe continues in the Sikha and says, Rashi goes on and says, in the same Dibra Maschil, and he says about Yaakov that, his skin, Atzmoy, he was preparing himself now for three things. Ledoiroin, for a gift. Letfila, for davening. Lemulchama, and for war. And Rashi brings Pesukim, L'doyroin, because the Pesuk says, V'tavir ha-mincha al-ponav, mincha is the gift, that the mincha passes in front of Yaakov, ahead of Yaakov. L'tfilo, as Yaakov davens and says, Eloikei, Ovi Avram, the Eibishter of my father, father Avram. And Mulchama is this Pesuk, V'hoya ha-machana anisha lefleita, which we established already means that he's going to fight Esau. So the Rebbe says, we need to understand a number of things. Number one, why does Rashi bring all the three things over here when this Pasuk is only dealing with, according to the way we explained it, it's dealing with you know, the idea of war. The fact that Yaakov is also going to prepare for a gift and for davening, this we're going to know from the later Pesukim, which the Pesukim say it clearly, as Rashi himself quotes these Pesukim. We don't even need Rashi to tell it to us. The second question that Rebbe says is, if we want to say that the Pasuk that's discussing that Yaakov is preparing for war, that right over here in this later, it is relevant to know that this is not the only means that Yaakov is going to be using, and it's not even the first thing. Rather, there's also, as Rashi goes in order, of doyroin, a gift, and davening. The question then is, why is Rashi mentioning these points as a continuation to his previous idea that the per- first point that Rashi said, that Al-Karcha, that against his will, because I'm going to fight him, why is it relevant in continuation to that Pirush, to bring these other Inyanim? Furthermore, even when Rashi, for whatever reason, wants to tell us that when Yaakov is preparing for war, he's also preparing to give a gift and to give and to daven, which, as we said before, this itself needs clarification of why that would need be needed, because it says clearly further in the Pasuk. We can now ask the question the other way around. Why does Rashi need to repeat the idea that he's also preparing for war if Rashi just said that in the beginning of the Rashi? That I'm going to fight him. All Rashi should have said is that he was also preparing for gifts and for davening. The Rebbe quotes the Pirush of the Mizrahi, Rebbe Leo Mizrahi, that says that when Rashi brings these words, that he was preparing for three things, this is actually 
supposed to be as a proof to the first part of the Rashi, where Rashi said on the words of against Esav's will that I'm going to fight him. How do I know I'm going to fight? How does Rashi know that he's going to fight him? Because Razal tells us that Yaakov prepared for three things. And one of them is war. And this idea that Yaakov is preparing for, for, for war, we don't find anywhere else in the Pesukim explicitly as much as we find in regards to the presence and to the davening. So this is what's forcing Rashi to say that in this passing, this proves that there was obviously some sort of form of preparing for war. The, the problem with this, however, is that Rashi doesn't even tell us that this is a Maimar Chazal or a Medrish that he's preparing for these three things. On the contrary, the simple words of Rashi is that after we know already that I'm going to fight him. So we know that according to Pshute Shomikra, there's now three things because he's going to fight him. And we also, as we see in the next few Psukim, also going to be the other things of the davening and the, and the presence. So it's not that he's using this Maimar Chazal as a proof that he's going to fight. We also need to understand the continuation of Rashi. Rashi says, His Rashi enumerates them in the following order. First for a gift, and for davening, and for a war. Now if we look at the psukim that Rashi brings to prove each one of these, we'll see that actually these psukim are in the exact reverse order. The passing that Rashi brings about a gift, which Rashi brings first, this passing appears after the passing that Rashi brings regarding which in turn comes after the passing, the passing that our Sikha is based on, which is the war. So Rashi is changing the order in Torah, he's flipping it around exactly the other way around. Another thing that Rebbe asks is, in the Medrash we find, besides for the proofs that Rashi, the Psukim that Rashi brings, we bring other Psukim. For Tefillah, the Medrash brings the Pasuk, Hatzileini non biadochi, where Yaakov says, please save me from my brother. For Doirin, for the present, Vyomarto la'avducha le'yakiv mincha hishlucha, where Yaakov is telling the messengers to tell Esav about all these gifts. For Mulchama, where Yaakov goes ahead, Vayosem es hashfachos, he places the different families and the maidservants, etc. And then the Pasuk says, and Yaakov himself passes in front of all of them, which as we'll soon see, the Rashi explains that that was an indication of war, that he's ready, for get, getting himself ready for war. In other places in Medrashim, we find another proof for the idea of a gift, the Pasuk, Vayikach min mincha, and for Mulchama, the Pasuk, where Vayachatas that he divides the people. So the question on Rashi then is, and the Rebbe says, either way we want to look at it, there seems to be a problem. If Rashi wants to bring a proof from Psukim, where we find Yaakov Avinu actually doing these things, not Psukim where he's only preparing himself, as it sounds like what Rashi is doing in his first proof for the gift, for the present. The Pasuk says, this is when the gift is already going in front of him, not from earlier Psukim where it discusses that he's taking animals as a gift to Esau, and where Yaakov is preparing himself and setting up the gift. And this is why Rashi seems to have chosen the Pasuk, where he's already sending the gift practically. If that's the case, then the Psukim that he should have brought for Tfilo and Mulchama are also the Psukim where it's already happening practically. As far as Tfilo, he should be saying the words, 
save me from Asa, which is the passing that some of the Midrashim brought us in before, regarding Mulchama, the passing that we also quoted before from Medrash, where he, Yaakov Avinu is going ahead of the rest of his family. And as Rashi explains over there, that if that Russia comes, let him fight me first. He shouldn't be bringing, in regards to Tefillah, the beginning of the Tefillah, Elikei Avi Avram, and also regarding the, and also not from Yaakov's words, Vahoya Hamachana, which we said is an indication that there might be war, which we learn out, as we said before, that he's preparing for war. So either be bring Psukim, where he's actually doing it Vapoyal Mamash. On the other hand, if Rashi wants to bring not the actions that he's doing, but rather his skinatsman that he's preparing for these three things, his preparation, then for the gift, he also should have brought the posik that describes how he's preparing the gifts rather than the posik where the gift is already passing in front of him a poil mamash. Another thing that Eb asks is, since Rashi already explained that the Pasuk Vahoya HaMachana Nishor Lefleta, as Rashi quotes in the beginning of the Rashi, is referring to the fact that I'm going to fight Esau, why does he again, when he brings the three things, and he wants to bring Tzukim for all of them, again for Mulchamor, he needs to bring again the Pasuk, which seemed to be clear already in the beginning of the Rashi. And finally, the Rebbe says, what's this expression, for the three things, not a, a common expression like Heichen, which is a common expression for preparing or something like. Says the Rebbe, the explanation of all of this is, when we look at the simple flow and continuation of the psukim, what sounds like what happens is, after the malachim come back and notify Yaakov that Esav is going towards him with 400 men, the first thing seems to be happening is that Yaakov is preparing for war. As we quote, said the Pasuk, he's dividing the people, and he says if Esav is going to come, as we said before, there's going to be the two camps, so one of them is going to be saved, as Rashi explains, we're gonna, I'm going to fight him, etc. Then what happens next? Yaakov goes and davens. And he says, etc. And then the next thing that seems to happen is, he's preparing now a gift for Esau. The Rebbe says, this seems to be completely not understood. It's not smooth. It's obvious that when a Yid hears that someone is coming to attack him, what's the first thing a Yid usually does? Is of course, daven to the Abishter. Only after that, he starts looking and doing things, to prepare himself for war and so on. How does it make sense that someone, especially like Yaakov Avinu, the first thing he's preparing for war, and only then is he going to Davin? Says the Rebbe, therefore we must say that Yaakov also acted in this way, that the first thing he does is Davin. And the fact that the Pasuk describes how he's dividing the people and the animals, and he says if Esav is going to attack, one camp will definitely be saved and all of that, this is actually an introduction and an explanation for his davening. He's doing this as as part of what he's about to daven for. How does this work? Says the Rebbe like this. When Yaakov Avinu hears from the Malachim that Esav is coming towards you with 400 men, Yaakov is afraid. Yaakov is distressed. This causes him to divide the people. And based on this, we're now going to understand the tefillah, the division of the people will be, it's as a preparation, as we'll see soon, for what he's going to daven. And only afterwards, when Yaakov actually sees Esav coming with the 400 people, then we have something else by Yachatz HaSayoladim, which, as we'll see soon, is not the same vayachatz of the people that he just did bef- the previous day. 
When it says Vayachatz Esa'om, that he's dividing the people and the animals and so on, of the passing that we were describing, where he's dividing everyone, it's going to be two camps, is not the same Vayachatz of dividing his children, which says further. And the Rebbe says, this is obvious. That is, in our case, in the first Pasuk, we're discussing Vayachat Sasam, that he's dividing the people and the animals. As the Rebbe is about to explain, there's going to be two camps. There is the families, is going to be one camp, and the sheep, the animals, and so on, is going to be another camp. Later, when it says Vayachat, and there it only mentions Hanoshim Vahayilodim, when he actually sees Esav, this is not splitting them up completely. It's not two groups, it's not two camps. It's only his family, he's dividing them, he's setting them up in a particular way. When it says over here, Vayachatz, that Yaakov Avinu is dividing everyone into two groups, and when we said that in Yavoy Esav, if Esav is going to attack one camp, then Vahoya Hamachana Nishar Lofleta, this is one particular story this is not the same idea of when he divides the children, giving some to Leah, some to Rachel, and some to the other maidservants, and places the maidservants and their children first. And right together with them, right behind them is Leah and her children, and right behind them is Leah and Leah and Rachel and Yosef. All of that is one camp. As Rashi says clearly, that when Esau lifts up his eyes, he says he sees all the women and the children, all of these families... Not that the two separate camps, in a way, the way we seem to think that there's going to be two camps and one will be able to escape when Esav is attacking one camp. So again, just to clarify this last point, the Pasuk describes twice of Yaakov dividing the people. The first one was the Pasuk that we were discussing, by he's making two camps and one of them will be able to be saved. Then there's a separate Vayachatz when he's dividing the children. Again, it does not mean that he made them into two camps. Rather, he's just grouping them in a particular way. So going back now to our Pasuk. When Yaakov Avinu does divide them into two camps, as we'll see in a minute, that the first, as mentioned already, one camp was going to be the animals and the other one was going to be his family. Rashi says, the remaining camp, the second camp, is for sure going to be saved. As Rashi says, Al-Karchoy, against Esav's will, because I'm going to fight him. In other words, there's absolutely no way Esav is going to be able to harm them. How is that? Vayachat, when Yaakov Avinu divides them into two camps, one camp is the sheep, the cattle, the camels, and obviously the people that need to take care of them, the shepherds, etc. Machana Anisha, the second camp that's going to be saved, is the women and the children. The Am, the people that are with him. The Rebbe says we can see this also clearly later when they cross over Maver Yabuik. The Pasuk describes two separate Vayavers. There's the Vayaver first of Yaakov's family, and then there's a Vayavur of all the other belongings of Yaakov. After Yaakov Avinu divides all of, all of his possessions into one camp and his family into the other camp, I said before this is all an introduction for his tefillah. Why? Because now he turns to the Abishter and says, because of what you promised me, I am 100% sure that this camp, my family, is of course going to be able to escape. Of course they're going to be able to be saved. You promised me to take care of me, to take care of my safety and my family. As opposed to the other group of his possessions and his sheep, where he didn't have such a guarantee about them, he's not sure. 
And in order to prove even more the certainty that Yaakov is going to for sure be able to overcome Esau in regards to the second group, to his family, Rashi continues and says, He's preparing for three things. And specifically the word hiskin, that each one of these things that Yaakov did for the rescue of his family was in a way of hiskin atzmoy, as we'll discuss in, very soon what this word hiskin atzmoy means. And the Rebbe explains, when a person is preparing to do something, or a number of things, usually we use the expression of heichin atzmoy, or a similar expression. Here we have the expression hiskin atzmoy. It's coming to emphasize something more regarding this preparation. When we say the word heichin, means you're preparing to do something, and this preparation could be either through an action, it could be more a mental preparation to do something in your nefesh, you could daven, etc. However, hiskin, the word tikkun, means not only you're preparing yourself, it's also describing the way you're preparing yourself. You have to fix yourself up. You're trying to accomplish something inside of yourself. You're trying to adjust yourself. You're trying to complete yourself in a certain way. In other words, you're doing something inside of yourself to prepare for this particular thing. So too by Yaakov. The fact that he is preparing for the gift, for the davening, and for the war is in a way of hiskin atzmoy. And the Rebbe now looks at all of these things. Rashi himself explains in regards to the war. That was why? Because Yaakov himself was vayira, he was afraid. Vayetzer, he was distressed. So he needs to be hiskin atzmoy. He needs to work on himself, changing in his attitude. Prepare himself that he should be able to go out to this war. In regards to the gift, a similar sort of thing. Rashi tells us that Yaakov was very angry that he had to actually go ahead and do all of these things. And therefore, his kenatsman, to be able to give a present in this sort of state, he has to work on himself, change himself. And so too in regards to tefillah. On the one hand, Yaakov was afraid. Maybe he became soiled through Averos, etc., and would cause that he should be given over to the hands of Esau. So his kenatsman, he needs to prepare himself, he needs to change his mindset, and dive into the Abishter, and add that you promised me that hate of hate of you're going to do good to me, in your schus and in the schus of your avos. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Rashi brings specifically these psukim that we quoted before, and not other similar psukim that perhaps Rashi could have brought. Because the proof from those psukim, and not only that he was involved in these three things, or even preparing for these three things, but rather that the kind of way, the way he dealt with it and prepared for it, was again in a way of his kinatzmoy. And again the Rebbe looks at the three things with the psukim. Regarding the present, Vataver Amincha Alponov. And that's actually why Rashi is going to bring the word Alponov as well, because seemingly Vataver Amincha is all that you need, that he prepared, that he's, that the present is going ahead. Why is he quoting these words, Vataver Amincha Alponov? Because it's from those words, Alponov, where we actually learn out this idea that he was angry that he needed to do all of these things. Litfila, which words does Rashi bring? Elikei Avi Avram. Because this is the expression that's being hint, that's hinting to what we said before, that Yaakov is going with a promise that you promised to my, to the voice. And so too in regards to Mulchama. Rashi brings the, the proof from the Hoya Hamachana Nishal of Leita, even though that we know already from earlier that he was afraid and he was distressed. And nevertheless he's preparing for war. Why? Because this is the Pasuk Rashi is bringing, that he's sure, he's certain, that this camp has to be saved because of the Abishta's promise. Why does Rashi, the Rebbe is now discussing the order, why does Rashi bring Mulchama at the very, very end, the last one of the three? 
Because if we're speaking about his kinatzmoy, and again, this means changing his mindset, really working on himself, this is going to be the one that's most difficult for him. Out of the three things. To remove that fear and that distress, which as Rashi explains was, Rashi was, that Yaakov was worried that he might get killed or kill others. So why is it that Rashi brings the gift before tefillah? We explained why Mulchama is at the end. Why is it that the gift, the present is brought before davening? Seemingly davening should come first. So the Rebbe, the explanation is that even though practically the gift was sent, in fact, after the davening, but the idea of a gift, which is what? What's a present for? To find favor in Esav's eyes. In reality, that would have actually been the first thing that Yaakov did. This is when he sends messengers to Esav, as it says clearly in the beginning of the Pasha, the very first thing he's doing, so yes, it was an actual gift, but the very first thing he actually does is send messengers, and why did he send them? To find favor in Esav's eyes. So why isn't he davening even before that? Yes, it's true that when a person is in trouble, the first thing he davens to the Ebishter, that he should be able to be saved from Hashem. But by Yaakov, he didn't think at this moment yet that there was any serious problem from which he needs to be saved. As Rashi says, the Malachim say to Esav, you used to say, you were always thinking that your brother is Achi, that he's really your brother. In fact, the Rebbe points out, it doesn't even say Amarta, it says, you were always saying. In other words, as far as Yaakov was concerned, there was no real danger. It's only because Yaakov wanted that it should be more than just rather regular sort of situation of being brothers. But rather, he wants to find favor in his eyes, so he's sending messengers. He's sending messengers to Esau to find favor in his eyes, etc. And telling Esau that, I want your love, and I'm, I'm wholehearted with you, etc., etc. As far as he's concerned, there was no Esau yet, so there's no need for davening. But when the Malachim come back to him and say, you think he's your brother, but he's really Ace of Harasha, now Yaakov starts davening, Hatzileini, now save me. And he sends the present. Maybe with this he'll be able to appease Esau. After explaining what Rashi says, the Rebbe now wants to know, why is Rashi's expression, why is it relevant to say that it was for three things? Seemingly Rashi could just get straight to the point. His As the Gemara often will ask, Why is it relevant to say that there's three things? So the explanation is like this. Even after the Malachim come and tell him that he's not acting like your brother, he's acting like Ace of Arash, he still hates you. Yaakov still has three possibilities, three options, all at the same time. And that's what it's being emphasized, that he's preparing for three things, meaning three all at once. That is... On the one hand, if we would think just from Esav, as far as Esav is concerned, or from the perspective of, if there's only Esav involved over here, as we'll soon see, not based on what Yaakov is worried about himself. So yes, maybe it would be just enough to send him a gift and to be able to appease him. As can be understood from the fact that Rivka had sent a message to Yaakov that Yaakov should come back to Eretz Yisroel. So Yaakov was able to understand from that that technically there shouldn't be any major, major trouble. Because seemingly you could ask, if Ace of Arusha is still hating Yaakov so much, why is Rivka sending a message for Yaakov to come back? That itself tells us that even though Ace of did hate Yaakov, nevertheless there wasn't still that same furious, passionate anger that there was before. There wasn't the danger as Rivka was originally worried that they might both die at the same day, killing each other. Killing each other. 
And the sinner, this sinner perhaps, if it's just a hate but not such terrible hate, maybe a present will be enough. But Yaakov was also concerned, as we said, Shem maybe he became soiled through sin. So maybe, even though it's not such a terrible, dangerous situation, but if he still hates me, maybe even this, it is still possible to be some sort of sakana based on this, as we find by Loit, that because of his sin of staying in Snoim, this caused that he should be taken away, kidnapped, and the whole story with the four kings and the five kings, etc. And therefore Yaakov is worried that even not because of Asa, but even because of his own shortcomings, maybe, there is some danger over here. And therefore he does daven, L-A-K, of Avram, that if not in Moishchus, and the schus of the Avos. So we have already the idea of a gift and the idea of davening. And since being saved itself could be in two ways, in some cases the Abishnah saves in a completely miraculous way. What happens by Lovan? How is Yaakov saved by Lovan? That the Abishter appears to him in a dream, and Yaakov says this to Lovan, that the Abishter appeared, and, and, and therefore he was saved. So that could be one way, that Yaakov doesn't even have to do anything. But sometimes a person does have to be saved through war, as in the case of Lot, where Avram actually had to fight with those kings to be able to save Lot. Therefore, Yaakov also has to prepare for the idea of Muhammad. So he's preparing all three things at the very same time. Says the Rebbe, according to Yenishal Torah Shabbat Peter Shrashi, we can explain this in the following way, Al-Pichsidus in other words. When Yaakov is preparing for all three things, Bavasachas, and Rashi is medayik and says this idea of Hiskinatzmoy, that he has to work on himself, is because in order to do three things at the very same time, this is opposite of nature. And therefore, the person has to work on himself and change himself to fix himself up. Because these three things that we're speaking about are each not only very different to each other, but they're completely opposites. And that is, we have one idea of doyroin, which is the gift, the present. That's a concept of chesed, of being close to someone. Kindness. Milchama that he's preparing for is exactly the opposite. It's an it's a idea of richuk, of distance, of gevura. Now these two things are two things of how people deal with each other. Then comes tefillah, which is now a completely other sort of thing, which is asking rachamim, asking mercy and compassion from Hashem. And therefore says that in order for a person to be standing in all of these three different tenuois, in these three different modes, which are so opposite from each other, all at the same time, which is not within the nature of the person, not even the nature of Kedusha, not even the nature of the Nefesh Alekiz, because usually every Midah has its own sort of mode, its own sort of way of operating. For this you need his Kinatzma, he needs to change himself, completely changing his nature, going beyond that. Says the Rebbe, what we still need to understand is, why is it needed, in Apichsidus in other words, why is it needed to have all of these three things together? So the Rebbe says we're going to understand this based on a beer in Chesidus, on the Posik, which is a Posik, when Yaakov comes to the well and all of the different herds or all of the different flocks have to all gather together before they uncover the well, etc. So Chesidus brings a marshal of a physical war. In fact, in the original place, the Rebbe doesn't bring this completely over here, the Rebbe just brings it to the but in the original place, it actually says that this was based on a on a story that actually happened in the times of the Alter Rebbe. So the war, the, the success in the war happens when you have, rather than 
different groups within the war, each one just attacking one group of the enemy. So in Chassidus it's brought that you have, take all of your three camps and attack one group of the enemy, and then you'll certainly be able to overcome them. You're using all your forces to be able to overcome one detail of the enemy. And then the same thing you'll do with the second group of the enemy and so on. In Avoidus Hashem, what this means is that in order to win the Yetzirah, you need to arouse all three main meters of Kedusha, Ahava, love, Yira, fear or awe, Rachem and compassion, to attack one meter of Klippa. And in that way, you'll definitely be able to knock it down. And of course, then you deal with the other meters in the same way. And that's the pshat of the Pasuk, the Nes, Adarim, that all of the flocks were gathered there. The flocks over here referring to Ava, Vira, and Rachmanus of Kedusha, that you're gathering them all together. Says the Rebbe, just like it's true in the Mulcham of the Eight Sahara, by every single individual Yid, the same thing is true in the Avoid of Yidin and Golos generally. In Golos, we also know there are different types of general types of Golos. There's the Golos Yishmoel, there's the Golos of Edim, which is Esav. And even though each of these Golias have its specific way of avoida in accordance to that type of Golos, for example, Yishmoel is more the idea of Chesed of Klippa, and Esav is more the idea of Gvura of Klippa, but the surest way to be able to overcome, to be able to be victorious, to be able to transform the Golos, if you want to be guaranteed, you gather all of the Midas of Kedusha together, and in that way attack every individual kind of Klippa you're dealing with. Says the Rebbe, since we know that the Nesinas Koyach, the empowering of the Avoid of Yidin, Simon Lebanim is coming from the Mice Office, where the Avis did. So we find by Yaakov, the chosen of the Avis, also this idea of uniting all three Midois in the different types of Golis and both types of Golos. And that is, as an introduction to his being in the house of Lovon, which is generally connected more to Golos Bavel, we find that just before entering Lavan, what do we find? The Pasuk we said before, Venas, Vushama, Kala, Adarim, where all the flocks are gathering, which is this idea of gathering all the meters together. And so too, before he deals with Esau, in the avoid of dealing with Esau, elevating Esau, Golos Edoim, here too, he's preparing in his skin. He's fixing himself up again for these three things together, because these are the three modes, the three coven of Chesed, the gift, Gvura, the war, and Teferis, which is Rachamim and the idea generally of the avoid of Tfilo. Concludes the Rebbe with the Hayra and the Avoid of every single Yid. When we need to go ahead and save Yiddish children from the type of Chinuch of Esau, we can never suffice only with our own nature and the things that we are accustomed to and used to our habits in Avoid Hashem. Rather, we have to be in a way of His Kinats, we're working on ourselves, fixing ourselves and transforming ourselves. Because if we only go with calculations of Tam Vadas, in accordance to the specific avoid of what the problem with Esav is, for example, we cannot be sure that we'll be able to deal with him and mainly be able to rescue everyone in the way they need to be rescued. Only when we go in a way of beyond all cheshboinus without all calculations, in a way, as Rashi put it, al-karcha, against his will, we put all of our forces together, hiskin atzmoy, in that way we are guaranteed to be successful, and we conquer Esav until we fulfill the promise of a'olom o'yishim ba'atzi and lishpatis ha'reisav, v'hoysel ha'ashem amlucha, b'vias m'shiach tzidkeinu b'mehei ravi